Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, everyone. Jeremy Scheinwald here with another Smart People Should Build Things Venture for America podcast. A few weeks back, my family and I were vacationing in southwestern Vermont, Manchester, Vermont, to be be, uh, precise, and we were walking through a farmer's market where we stumbled upon some absolutely fantastic granola, and we ended up speaking to the husband and wife team behind the granola, which they're Ingrid and Franklin Crisco, and they were manning the stand, and we started to talk to them for a while, and I started to realize that um, I do love their granola, but I really also love their story, and I wanted to have them on the podcast. So today, we have Ingrid Crisco on the show. Ingrid was a principal and a teacher. Um, Franklin was a teacher as well uh, in Brattleboro, Vermont for years. And Ingrid, uh, she was in fact the principal of the year for her district. And, and just in speaking to her, you can, you can hear how, see in my case or hear in your case, how serious she was about educating people and how much pride she took in her position. And she was working very, very hard. And she was concerned about burning out and started to think a little bit about her retirement as well. And she had been making granola in her kitchen for years and started to think about selling it. And if you flash to today, Ingrid and Franklin have an industrial kitchen, several employees cooking their product, uh, a part-time social media specialist, a part-time bookkeeper, some part-time salespeople, and more. Their granola is sold across the Northeast, and it is, like I said, it's really, really good. We had the nutty no-grainer in our fridge until I um, just finished devouring it. Anyway, this to me is what entrepreneurship is really about and what the company is built on. And I think we idealize our, our Elon Musks and our Steve Jobs, and they certainly deserve their iconic status and their credit. But so much of our entrepreneurship is, is this kind. Uh, you know, people like you, people like me, who take calculated risks, listen to the market, and make a business go. And that's very much what, what VFA is all about, of course. Venture for America is a fellowship program for enterprising recent college graduates who launch their careers as entrepreneurs and help revitalize American cities through entrepreneurship, create jobs, much like Ingrid and Franklin did. After five weeks of training, VFA fellows spend two years in the, tre- in the trenches of a startup in an emerging U.S. city where they learn how to contribute to a high-growth business. Afterwards, VFA provides the mentorship, network, and resources fellows need to become entrepreneurs. To learn more about Venture for America and to support our work, you can visit VentureForAmerica.org. A little bit about me. I launched the Mission Driven Group many moons ago. You can check out my firms at MissionDrivenGroup.com. And please remember to like our show on iTunes, to subscribe as well, maybe tell some friends, and to follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Shinewell. I have to ask you, do you need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, Wix.com has something for you. Used by more than 77 million people worldwide, Wix.com makes it easy to get your website live today. You need to get the word out about your business. It all starts with a stunning website. With hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from, the drag-and-drop editor, there's no coding needed. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. Wix.com empowers business owners to create their own professional websites every day. When you're running your own business, you're too busy. You're too busy worrying about budget. You're too, worry, uh, too busy worrying about scheduled appointments. Too busy to build a website. And because you're too busy, it has to be easy. And that's where Wix.com comes in. With Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com to create your own website today. The result is stunning. And before I jump into my interview with Ingrid, I should mention that she was generous enough to uh, offer Smart People Should Build Things listeners a promo code, Smart People, all one word, all lowercase. So if you want to be, um, uh, if you want to order some granola, um, some nutty no, nutty no grainer or other, um, use that discount code for your free your first um, your first order, and uh, and you'll get fifteen percent off. And I um, I think you'll be quite happy. And now. Via phone, but she seems like she's next door uh, from Brattleboro, Vermont. Ingrid Crisco, here is our interview. Welcome to Smart People Should Build Things, the Venture for America podcast. 
Building things can be really hard, and entrepreneurship is often portrayed in the media as the sexy or even worse, easy career path. Through this series, we plan to pull back the curtain and tell the gritty stories of entrepreneurship. We're striving to create a relaxed environment where entrepreneurs feel free to tell their stories. This is Smart People Should Build Things, the Venture for America podcast. So Ingrid, uh, thanks so much. Uh, Live from Vermont, thanks thanks for being here. Sure, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. So, um, yeah, and and and, uh, and we'd be delighted to to have some of the Vermont fresh air coming in. So um, you yeah. mentioned you mentioned uh, the the tweeting in the background. That's that's real tweeting, not Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's what preceded all the Twitter business, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So you're you're a, you're a teacher, or you're a former teacher, and a, and, a, and a former principal. Your husband is a, is a former teacher. Um, until you joined the ranks of entrepreneurs, did you ever imagine that you would you'd be one? Um, not really, you know, um, in my early life, I did sell real estate for a period of time. And then when my second child was born, I realized that the time I was devoting to real estate, um, would go to my children and I gave that up. I I don't have a license any longer. So there was a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit there. Um, but really we were devoted to our work and our family uh, those children are now grown up out of the home, and um, I guess we have substituted all of that time we spent uh, with and for our children on this new creation, our granola business, and it feels very much like a creation. In fact, oftentimes a, a customer will say, what is your favorite? And I said, well, it's like asking who's your favorite child, you know? Um, I like different products for different functions, you know, snack on granola, on salad, et cetera. So in a way, it's like raising our children, and it's been uh, very fulfilling for us. Well, it might be that way for you, but for me, I like the nutty, nutty no-grainer. That, that, that was the one I liked the most. Uh, I, I, I think I, I, I ate an entire package out of my fridge the other day. Um, so, um, <laughs> I told you to be careful about that. It does have calories. <laughs> <laughs> my understanding is that when you decided to start this granola business, that your husband was maybe a little bit tougher to, to convince to, 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 to make the leap uh, with you. Um, you know, what were his reservations, and, and how, did you, how did you persuade him that you guys were ready to, to be entrepreneurs? Well, um, he was still working as a teacher, and I was still working as a school principal, middle school, totally loved middle school. And I think, and we were both very invested in our work with kids, with families, and I think he just felt like there isn't any more time to be had in a given day. And I, on the other hand, um, was equally invested, if not more so, as a principal, and I said, if I don't do something else to create a little balance in my life, I may burn out of this job, and I don't want that to happen. I love, love my work. And so I was really looking for something to provide that type of balance. In essence, I believe balance in one's life, whether it be physical or emotional, social, etc., is critical to our well-being. And so I landed on granola because I had been making a, a single granola for a family for years and years. And that just seemed to be the right thing. Truly, when I was it initially, I was, you know, everything, the baker, the packager, the marketer, etc. Um, putting my hand in a bowl of granola was extremely meditative for me. And I loved that <laughs> sensation. So I mean, oh, you were very you, centering. I mean, you told me like you you were working like eighty, ninety hours a week mm-hmm. as a as a, as a principal. I was, and I so, was, and I didn't think that was healthy any longer. And it it wasn't healthy for me. It wasn't healthy for the school. I was probably driving teachers nuts by everything I wanted to do. <laughs> I, I just, said, I've got to I've got to do something. I about just imagine it. that like you know most people if they were working eighty, ninety hours a week would say like I've got to do something to bring balance back in my life and wouldn't start a business <laughs> which is so intense to do right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I was raised in New England. Um, you know we we have a strong work ethic in this region of the country, I believe, you know, stereotypically, and I have a strong work ethic, always have. So did it, I mean, did it, did it change your balance? Like, was, was it just, you were still working 80, 90 hours a week, but 
20 hours were devoted to, to a granola business or were you now working 110 hours a week or whatever, um, whatever the I math is? How many hours there in a week? I was um, working an uh, equal number of hours, but it was the division of labor had changed. And I guess that's all I needed at the time. And I, I remained in my job for nine more years after we started the business. So I wasn't looking for a quick exit or any exit at that point and stayed on board nine more years. So I'm curious also, you know, um, about, you know, as you're starting, I mean, you kind of, you kind of laid out the, the humble roots here, you know, you were, you were baking it all yourself and making the choices on packaging and, and selling it yourself and, and all that type of stuff. But I mean, did you have, aside from your husband, I mean, did you have any um, support or entrepreneurial ecosystem around you to ensure that you were making smart business choices? Very, very early on, um, I'd say no, but it, it didn't take long for me to realize I needed that support. And our son and my sister were equally able to provide that support to us in uh, in different uh, but very meaningful ways. And I saw them as silent partners with us. I relied on them for counseling or advice. I knew what I didn't know. I knew I could ask them. I knew what questions to ask. And they were and still remain, despite the fact that my son lives in Turkey now, we text, we email, and we Skype once a week. Uh, we text and email almost daily. And I'm regularly talking with him about the business. So both um, family members have been inordinately helpful in this development. but. Ultimately, um, the buck stopped here with Franklin, my husband, and me, and and we were it. We were the boots on the ground for this business solely uh, until we hired some very, very minimal help uh, probably six years ago, maybe, is when we started to hire help, um, and we've been blessed with amazing people to work with. Does uh, does granola ship to Turkey pretty easily? It does. It takes it does. three weeks for it to get there. <laughs> but yes, I tell people we ship internationally. <laughs> <laughs> so your so your son, you know, consistently gets uh, gets an order of, of granola to to he, his door. He does, as do his coworkers. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I got to get on that list. The, the subscription granola list. So yeah. when you started, I mean, you know, so your, your bootstrappers, I mean, it was, I mean, was part of the appeal to it that it was seemingly fairly low risk? I mean, you had some, some ingredients and maybe a small investment in, in packaging at risk, or am I, am I naive? Was there a need to buy, um, I don't know, a new oven and, uh, or something like that, that, that maybe made it a little more prohibitive? Um, it was very minimal risk at first. We, we, in Vermont, we're allowed to have a home baking license. Not all states allow this, but Vermont does. Um, which um, really works hard to support the development of small business in this state. And we had that home baking license for four years. And so the equipment we were using is what you'd find in a home. We did ultimately replace our oven in our kitchen and put in a, um, a, a more commercial style, home commercial style double oven, which we absolutely needed. But since we've moved out of the home, our, our facility now is a commercial um, state-licensed approved facility, and it has commercial equipment in it. But early on, the risk was rather minimal. Can, can, can you give me a sense of, like, uh, you know, year four, as things are growing and, and mm -hmm. you guys are doing presumably, you know, more word of mouth and more farmer's markets and the like, um, you know, like, how, <laughs> how much granola are you making in your, in your home kitchen? Yeah. Um, well, I recall uh, on a given weekend day, I think I baked 48 pounds on that Sunday, perhaps. It was a weekend day. And I'm thinking, wow, I made 48 pounds of granola today. And I was very proud of myself thinking, this is phenomenal. And um, now we're making um, just about 2,000 pounds a week. Wow. And uh, 48 pounds, uh, you wouldn't see it for more than a few minutes in our shop now. It's gone. We don't warehouse our granola. It's made um, and, and shipped or delivered almost as quickly as it's made. 
so it's always very fresh because of that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we were making small, like really tiny small batches, thinking that we're moving along here. And, and then we, we realized um, this business was beginning to grow from the inside out. Uh, we just didn't imagine that was going to happen. Right. So it, you mentioned to me that you didn't tell any of your coworkers when you started. Was it right. a mat- and 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 I'm curious why and how you ultimately how and when you ultimately chose to tell them. But in my own, you know, um, uh, very vivid uh, imagination here, I'm just I'm imagining if you're making 48 pounds in your house that you know you walked in one day and didn't realize you had a bunch of oats in your hair and raisins in your uh, in your I don't know you know on your yeah. shirt or something like that. Did they? Um, I mean, were they were they like on to you? Were they like, why do you smell like honey and oats? And <laughs> <laughs> well, um, our very, very first account was our local food co-op. It's um, a pretty uh, decent food co-op in terms of size, and it's, it's a brand-new facility. It's been in place for about 40-plus years, but a new facility was built, and it's grown enormously, and it's truly a centerpiece of this community. Uh, we love the, the environment and so they were our first customer, and people began to see uh, us hanging out. We were demoing down there and began to wonder about this. <laughs> but I didn't tell my staff initially. I was principal. I had 80 staff members responsible to me. And I didn't want them to believe in any way that I wasn't as devoted to my work and to them. That was really important to me. So I kept it quiet. And then it's a small community, Jeremy. You know, um, the word just started to, has started to trickle out. Uh, and then I started, once it became more known, I started to bring product to school for breakfast. We, we did a, a Friday breakfast every non-Friday payday, and I would bring in yogurt and my granola. And uh, the staff loved it. And, and they weren't just saying that because I was their principal. I mean, they just really were drawn to it. And there was one Friday I didn't bring granola. I felt like, okay, <laughs> they're tired of this. I'm going to bring something else. So I bought croissants and preserves. And they were extremely upset about it. <laughs> <laughs> so I never did that again after that one time. <laughs> so, I mean, I think the market kind of tells you you know, where the market kind of tells you where you're going. Like you, everyone imagines they're going one place and um and then as soon as you're in business the market starts asking you questions and 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 demanding things and i think that's that's been true of so many of the companies that we had i don't know when when different episodes are going to air but we just had um Henrik Wordland from BarkBox on, and he was talking about how the market just kind of like started telling them to develop different products for, for dogs. And um, anyway, after this long digression, I mean, you started with a single flavor, and mm-hmm. um, and now, I mean, you have such a, a, a strong lineup. I mean, how are, you, how are you determining, you know, what to make, who to make it for, you know, whether to do another flavor? I mean, I imagine there are some constraints, like whether to do another flavor, or to do granola bars, or do this or do that. How does that whole process work for you? Yes, your questions are great, Jeremy. I asked ten of them at the same time. That's that's yeah, that's my that's I my know, big thing. I get, that's, that's, uh, I, I get it. I probably answer one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, early on, we established a set of guiding principles for ourselves uh, in this company, and the very first principle, which remains to this day, identifies that we are a company in service to others, and we had been in service, um, a service profession for a very long time, each of us. And we just transferred that to what we're doing. And, you know, our goal in in addressing that was to say that we will provide quality products and serve people well in their path toward eating in a healthy fashion. And we have never lost sight of that being an important guiding principle. So as the products have developed over the years, just like the BarkBox fellow, you know, we listen to customers and we sense what the need is. And we've learned a lot from people. Because farmers markets um, fuel conversation between and among producers and customers, you learn a lot of, of their stories, their life issues, what's important. Some people share way more, perhaps, than they should, but... Mm-hmm. 
we learn a lot. And over the years, we started with one flavor, the Go Nuts, and then realized we needed a few more to balance it, and so developed. takes me about a year to develop a recipe, early on about a year. Now it's a little less. Um, but I spend a lot of time developing it and testing it. Both I bring it to farmer's markets and let people try it, and I, I get feedback, which I really value. So uh, I give it to friends, to staff, you know, to other specialty food businesses who are not in competition with us and get feedback. And so we just started moving through the process, and then we began to get questions about gluten-free. Do you have a gluten-free? And we didn't early on have any gluten-free. I developed one. It was the apricot, thinking, okay, we're all set now. We have gluten-free. And then I realized that if we are truly in service to people who need gluten-free, we need to give them options. One isn't sufficient. We now have five gluten-free granolas, and then we have this other nutty no-greener line that I know you're familiar with, which is also gluten-free, but as the name suggests, there are no grains. It's, it's nuts and seeds. So it gives gluten-free people uh, yet another kind of option, but people who, eat, who don't need gluten-free love it. In fact, people who don't need gluten-free buy our gluten-free granolas because they like the flavor, the formulations, the flavor combinations. And there's a variety of those. I mean, we start with the apricot, and then we went to a ginger almond pineapple, which couldn't be more different. We went to one with no nuts, gluten-free, for gluten-free people who also have an allergen to nuts. And then uh, we went to a cherry vanilla pecan because I found these Montmorency tart cherries that were stunningly delicious. And I said, I have to build a recipe around these. And our last one is a coconut with dark uh, Belgian dark chocolate chunk and almonds. So among the five, you know, there's a range of very different, unique flavors, which means that people who need gluten-free um, will have a good selection to choose from. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I had the 99 grainer and, and one or two others, and I certainly wasn't buying it because it was gluten-free. I was just buying it because it tasted right. really good. Right, um, right. Right. Yeah, the the thank you. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. The um the, the I mean, so, so you spend a year. I mean, what what goes into that year? I mean, take us take us through your process and how do you know you're done? How are you like okay, this relative mm-hmm. to this, you know, iterated ever so slightly is what's going to work. You're right, and you're right. There are uh, many iterations that are very slight along the way. Well, what goes into that is finding the the best quality ingredients, sourcing those first of all. And then um, managing the, the proportions, and that takes a number of baking iterations and baking time, and then testing them, you know, as I said, uh, giving them to people, sending them to Turkey. Uh, we sent Joel, our son, the, the coconut as it was in development, and he wrote back and said, it's his all-time favorite flavor, and um, he'll probably not eat any of the others because of it. Well, and he shared it with coworkers. We have coworkers from Turkey ordering. They are required to take a mandatory R&R um, every three months, and, and some of them live in the U.S., and we ship to their U.S. address so that when they come home, the granola is there waiting for them. <laughs> you have uh, raving fans. So, um, you know, it's, it's the product itself working through that process, and then it's working with my designers on um, labeling, and then every time a new product is generated, new photography is needed, new marketing around it before we're really ready to roll it out. So um, it's a process for sure. It's, a, it's a, an expensive process to add uh, a new flavor. So when you started... <clears throat> in your kitchen, um, you know, you said you went to the local co-op, and I met you at a at a um, at a farmer's market. But I mean, how mm-hmm. do you? How is it? Is it just as simple as that? Just going out and talking to to small retailers and saying, "Hey, try this. You're going to like it. Your customers will like it." I mean, how, how do you? For people who are listening, are saying like, "Oh, I've always had this 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 idea of my own to get something going." Mm-hmm. Um, those barriers, mm-hmm. like to get something in a store, actually seem quite significant. I mean, how did how did mm-hmm. you get yourself moving? I showed up. 
I had a little baggie, literally a Ziploc bag. <laughs> when I think of that now, how unprofessional that looked. <laughs> but we didn't have packaging yet. And I said, here's what we're developing. Would you give it a try and, and let me know? And you know what? I will say, and uh, having lived in this community for 42 years now and had a lot of children and, and their families come through the school system, I was a known person, and I would imagine that helped a bit, being a known entity in this community. Um, not everyone has the benefit of that, but education puts you out there. You know, you're in a fishbowl all the time. So I had that, and fortunately, um, you know, it was a it was a a good reputation. So people gave it consideration. Okay, um, so that, that that begs the question: How did you once you had exhausted options within your community? How yeah. did you, how did you start to yeah. get get a, get uh, get distribution beyond it? Uh, well, up until recently, we've done all our own self-distribution, and you're right. It has to. If you want it out there, you got to go beyond your own community. Um, but things weren't too different. I would show up at retail stores and present and um, try to, you know, make a good pitch about our products and talk about what makes them different and unique. Granola is a crowded field. And I would talk about the benefits of carrying our products and certainly having that range of products that address so many different uh, dietary needs has helped us for sure. If I went in with one or two regular granolas, even though they, they taste good, I'm not certain we would have gotten to where we're at. Um, and I, you know, leave them product, give them literature, and then I follow up and I follow up. <laughs> <laughs> and. We've we've done all of our own self-distribution until very recently. We have signed on with a Vermont distributor, and we're hoping um, to do the same with a New York distributor. We're just waiting for that final call. We've been in um, conversation and deliberations for uh, about a month with them now. Do you need a website? Why not do it yourself with Wix.com? No matter what business you're in, you can get your website live today. It's simple to customize. Don't know how to code? No problem. There's no coding needed. Wix has something for everyone with hundreds of designer-made, customizable templates to choose from. If you're not a coder, it's not a problem. You don't need to be a programmer or designer to create something beautiful. You can do it yourself with Wix.com. You can go to Wix.com and sign up for an entirely free account today. No credit card required. Go to Wix.com. Dot com. That's W-I-X dot com today. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. This is Smart People Should Build Things, the Venture for America podcast. You told me, we talked a little while um, before the show, and, and you told me that you kind of have believe in the the uh, the Japanese uh, kaizen mm, philosophy, yes. which um, yes. you know, I, I, it was interesting to me that you it seemed to me like you're almost applying it not only to your business but to yourself that that you know like this this philosophy of kind of like making small incremental um, changes and improvements over time that really mm -hmm. kind of manifest greatly. I know that I know the word from uh, my father was a manufacturer. I remember when he started to implement it in his own business. Mm -hmm. But I mean, is this? I mean, tell me about your how you learned about this philosophy and 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 what it's meant to you in your business. Yeah. Uh, it's not a new concept to me. I applied it to my work as a school administrator, and um, the the concept of slow and steady incremental growth driven by vision, a mission, and um, good hard work is what I applied to my work as a school principal as well. Uh, and so it was a natural extension for me to apply it to developing a business. Um, we haven't taken a lot of risk and at some point we may, we may decide we need to, but right now through this sled, a slow and steady incremental growth approach, we have done very well and are continuing to do very well. So, um, sorry, go ahead. 
Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, so yeah, I mean, let, let's talk about how you know you're 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 doing well and you're starting to to grow a little bit. Um, uh-huh. You know, we're sort of in year four in your narrative here, and you've got you know you've got this expanding um, product line or uh, you know or we, um, uh-huh. and and I'm you start to you clearly have this like very strong sense of, of values and commitment to your to your product and and um, uh-huh. and a real vision. Um, uh-huh. How do you ensure that you have other people on board who kind of share that level of commitment as you start to hire? Yeah, that's a really good question, Jeremy. Um, you know, in my, again, back to my role as a school administrator, I was faced with that very same question every time I hired. And, um, you know, unfortunately, there were times where I had to dismiss employees in, in, in a union-based school that was never quite easy but doable, possible. Um, it would be, uh, you know, my, the, the vision at our school was learning for life, um, caring for others, doing the right thing. That, that's what drove every single decision we made in that building. And to a person, every adult and every student knew that vision and knew what framed us. And so with the business, it's similar. You know, clarifying uh, who we are, what's important to us. I hired a, a, a high school male student this morning. I mean, he, he was scheduled to start today. And he'll be with us for the summer. He'll be a senior next year. And um, I spent two hours with him initially uh, orienting him to the business before he even put on a hairnet to start to work um, and talked about my values and what was important. And I think that is critical to bringing people together as a community of workers on behalf of a common goal. We have staff meetings as frequently as we can with uh, different schedules. It's hard to find a common time, but we have found a way to do that. And um, listening to staff members, their voices, you know, uh, their questions, their concerns, um, how they contribute separately and together is very important. We pay our, our staff well. Um, they have paid leave time. Uh, we're a small business, yet that was something we were trying to do for several years. and. Last year, 2015, was the first year we could do that, and we did, and obviously we're continuing it this year. They're extremely valuable to us, um, and we let them know that all the time. They, they get bonuses, and, you know, we, we try to do whatever we can to show them how appreciative we are of their contributions. Um, we don't make assumptions. You know, we, we talk to them a lot. We ask questions. We ask them to ask questions to give feedback. They know that they're encouraged to give us feedback, and that's what we do. How much of your approach to dealing with your staff is, is, you know, is, is analogous to the way you were a principal dealing with teachers? You know, can you ever really take the principal out of your, you know, you're, you're a principal for 20, 23 years, is that right? Um, do I have uh, 21, 21, 23 a teacher, 21 a principal. Oh, yeah. um, it's totally analogous. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, over the years learned a lot about leadership uh, by working with excellent people, both uh, colleagues who were administrators as well as with teachers and I'm truly a composite of my life experiences and the people that I've met. And I'd say I've transferred uh, just about anything I've learned through that work to this work. And there are more parallels than one might imagine. So you have this, you also kind of like in this in in this ecosystem uh, as you described it of uh, like some some eclectic neighbors and entrepreneurs, um, you know, sixty five businesses. You had a movie studio nearby, um, a, a circus school. Right. Are you, you know, is is it a community? Are you learning from from your neighbors and and uh, you know learning from from others in the community itself? Yeah, absolutely. There are two other specialty food vendors in particular on our floor. And we come together um, periodically. We, we ask each other questions. We try to help address questions. We share resources, uh, whether they be around ingredients or packaging, around non-GMO labeling matters, which is a big topic in Vermont, this starting up in a couple of weeks. We help each other. And um, we belong, Franklin and I belong to the Vermont Specialty Food 
association. It's it's our professional uh, group, and we just attended their annual meeting last week. It was a two-day event. So um, we collaborate, and again, that's part of the transfer of work I did as a school principal, but we look for other professionals in our field and collaborate as much as we can with them. We help each other. And the, it seems like like the, like this business in general is is kind of you know it's it's telling you telling you where to go. I mean, you know, you shared with me a couple mm-hmm. stories about how how uh, how you know you know you you found your granola in the most unexpected mm-hmm. places. Can you can you share an anecdote or two? <laughs> well, I hope this is okay. But um, I mean, we started to to grow it so much in our home that um, we have two sons and. Uh, you know, they're both out of college. One's married with a, a small baby, and um, the other one's in Turkey. But if they both came home at the same time, we no longer had a bedroom available to one of them because <laughs> the granola took the space. So we recognize that if we want to continue to encourage family time here, we needed to do something. But it's the, the pivotal point was when I started finding granola in my bed at night. <laughs> It's time. <laughs> and that's when we really started looking in earnest for a place. And we worked uh, for about an, a year and a half with the local Brattleboro Development Credit Corporation to help us find an acceptable space and design it to meet our needs. See, you, you, were, you were taking my question literally. I, I, I literally, where have you found some granola sh- showing up in your house? I'm in more along the lines of, you know, customers that have been that that you've been like, wow, I can't believe we have a customer there, and that customer is really just the the, the reorders are telling me that I, I I need to 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 follow up on this. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That's I okay. It was, it, was an, it, was an, it was an amusing story, nonetheless. I think that that kind of real story is, is very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a very busy online e-commerce site, and uh, it's comprised. Uh, we're constantly looking for new customers, but I would say 75% of the orders we receive are returning customers, and so um, and we get. Uh, all kinds of comments from our returning customers. The testimonials, some of them are on our website now, not all of them. But these are unsolicited, um, really supportive kinds of testimonials. And it buoys us to continue to do what we do, um, totally unsolicited. And we send out a newsletter once a month, and we try to capture one or two testimonials in each newsletter to share the energy around our business with other people. Uh, but just, as I say, unsolicitedly, um, you know, some people find us through an organic search, and I then will ask, well, what were your keywords? You know, I'm trying to understand what's getting us to you. Other people, it's word of mouth. Uh, we have a granola club option. People can buy the granola and have it delivered on an agreed upon schedule. They have several options for scheduling it. And so, you know, I tried the granola that so-and-so is getting through your club and like, it's the best granola I've ever had. I need to keep buying it. Um, through our farmer's markets, people find, find us. Uh, yesterday, we made a hand delivery to a farmer's market customer who had found us there and is now ordering online and she was go- going to be coming by the market. There are hundreds of those kinds of stories around the business, and it definitely gives us energy to continue to do what we're doing, always trying to be better at what we do. So I'm curious, like, is there is there just like one unexpected place where you're like, I, I can't believe someone from, I don't know, this tiny town in Alaska, or or for that sake, this tiny town in Kyrgyzstan, or yeah. or Chile, or something like that, is is uh, has found right. us and is ordering. Right. Um, yeah, I, I I can't be at my computer because my bookkeeper is working on it right now. <laughs> I could pull some up. I wish I could, and I can't. But there there are many of those kinds of stories. Um, we have a customer who lives in Mississippi, Petal, Mississippi, Petal like the flower. She's been ordering for eight years now, religiously. And when she first started ordering, she wasn't familiar to me. Um, 
if they answer a field on the order form, which else, how did you learn of us, then I know. If they don't, sometimes I will thank them for the order. I, in fact, I write to every new customer who orders, um, and I say, thank you very much for your order. It will ship today, usually at the same day. And, by the way, how did you learn of us? So I do that uh, regularly. I did it with that customer, and she said, I was traveling through Vermont with my three sisters. We met you at the farmer's market. I'm a diabetic. I wasn't certain your product would work for me relative to carbs and sugar. She went, she bought one bag. She went home, analyzed it for herself. She has now been ordering for the past eight years, and all three of her sisters are now ordering. So that's that's not quite an unusual story for us where people find us somewhere or they buy it somewhere at a retail establishment and then and we had another customer like that who said we should be making granola for Canyon Ranch because that's the only other granola she's ever liked and ours far surpasses it and she found us at a retail store in Woodstock Vermont it's a very nice town yeah, so what's we so get straight? those kinds of stories a lot. I'm a bit of a Vermontophile. I've turned into one since I got married, <laughs> and uh, I spent a lot of time in Vermont. And uh, and Woodstock is fantastic. Yeah, um, right. Uh, have you been to the Woodstock Farmer's Market store? I have not. No, it's a great store if you're when you're back there, Jeremy. I'll have to, yeah, we'll have to make a yeah, trip. Yeah. Um, so it, what's interesting to me is, like, you're emailing all these customers, and, and mm-hmm. my, you know... Um, uh, you know, my my New York business person brain, entrepreneurial brain, is like immediately saying to myself, like, that's not sustainable. Like, you can't do that as the, as the company grows. Even though I still do all those things in my business, and and I'm, and I'm, and I'm, you know, and and in regular contact with lots of customers and, and the clients and the like. But it, what what that leads me to is something that was very very interesting, which is like, you know. You seem not to be hell bent on global granola domination, and I'm and I'm I'm curious about like your own personal vision for the company and what you feel like would be a, a what would make you happy and 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 what you feel would be like a, a good destiny for true, true true North granola. Right, right. Um, you're right. I'm not bent on that global domination or even a mass market product. I feel that it loses. Um, a lot to become a mass market product. We lose our ability to connect with customers, and we we try to build relationships with our customers, whether they be online or uh, in person at farmers markets or retail stores. That has remained very important to us, and I think that is, again, another transfer from our prior work, how important that relationship building is. Um, I would like us to become a, have a strong regional presence, the Northeast and New England region, and be seen as, oh, I love that granola. I've seen it everywhere, and I love it. It's the best granola I've ever had. And I'm okay with that. You know, we're, I guess we're in this for revenue in part, but it's really not only about revenue for us. And because we have had careers that are sustaining us in our retirement, it's really not about the revenue. Um, but it does provide, you know, com- a comfortable uh, additional source of income for us. But right. <clears throat> we're not looking to be out there becoming this um, detached uh, product, detached from the makers, the manufacturers. And detached for the customers. It's interesting because I mean, you strike me when we met, and, and even on the phone, I was a very like upbeat, positive, happy person. You're not, you know, you're not in this for the for the revenue. But I mean, are there are there business issues that, that keep you up at night? Is there anything that you're like, oh god, we just got to we got to solve that, or or there food safety issues that that, that that keep you up at night? I wouldn't say around food safety. We're really good with that. We were recently inspected by the FDA unannounced, which is how they do these things, and um, the entire focus was on our claim of gluten-free, and that's what the five-hour inspection was about, and then products, he took products away and, and had them tested at the lab in D.C., and we passed with flying colors. 
So even that kind of thing doesn't keep me up, um, you know, waiting for the results to come back. Uh, we have clear systems in place and protocols, and I'd say all of that is our transferred skills, too, from my prior work. Um, I have an employee that um, is a bit challenging for us, and it's never easy dealing with a challenging employee. And ultimately, I'm not sure what's going to happen there. So if anything keeps me up, it's that kind of thing. Um, it's sometimes trying to work a little too fast and move forward a little too fast and making sure everyone else is on board and not driving people crazy. Is there, is there any particular pain point in your in your entrepreneurial journey that that you could you know if you could wave your magic wand and i don't know you know triple your capacity on the cheap or whatever it might be i'm just making it up but is there is there anything you're like that's a business problem that we just boom i'd, I'd love to wave my yeah. magic wand and make it go away right um i think uh I, it would be lovely to have a retail store uh like a little granola cafe for example <laughs> uh and serving um, relatable kinds of products with it. Uh, that's not in, in the works right now, but I think that would be a lot of fun and it would be, it could become a place that people enjoyed coming to. Uh, if we could do that, I would like to, but, um, and, uh, you know, there's always new resources that are needed. I'm trying to rebrand right now one of our items into a more consumer friendly package. And so I've just recently um, signed a contract to work with a packaging designer at the lowest level of work at the moment to see what can be generated. That may require more money than what we've signed on for. So that's a little bit of a pain point. I, I absolutely think we need a different package design for the product that I'm talking about hmm. um, to make it more user-friendly and appealing. So. That can run quite a bit of money, but I do think it's important. Is there, I'd is like it, to do that. Is there any seasonality to granola? Is, is granola just uh, evergreen, or, or are there times you're just like, wow, people, you know, it's, it's Christmas, people love granola, whatever it is? Uh, there's no seasonality to it, no. Um, and we're fortunate in that regard. We, we don't, you know, ebb and flow and um, peak and... and, and decline. No, it's pretty consistent for us. The holiday season, um, we sell um, a number of different kinds of holiday gifts on our website. And so there's more activity because of that, but not because it's a more seasonal product. So you have six employees in the kitchen, if I have that right. Your husband's there every day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, mm -hmm. you guys are still doing farmer's markets together. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you've got your accounting person who's on your computer right now. You've got right. packaging right. people to deal with. You have this right. kitchen. And from when I talked to you, at, you know, for the first time, you were kind of like, yeah, this is meant to kind of keep us busy in our <laughs> retirement. Is this a retirement at all? No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, we are not retired. My husband's at the shop every day he's point at the shop that's how we divide responsibilities and um you know we get tired but honestly jeremy we're kind of in a tear right now we're we're for health reasons people things start happening to people in our age range and i said to him recently how fortunate we are to be able to be so tired from doing something we love to do um, because there are people who can't be that tired, you know, they, they've lost the ability to function at this level. And I'm really grateful for that. <laughs> okay. Last question here. I'm curious. Are you tired of eating granola yet? <laughs> uh, no, I'm not tired. I find different ways that nutty no grainer that I know you like, uh, it's great on salad. <laughs> <laughs> So when I find different ways, I tell people about that. Um, no, no. Nothing I've developed has made me tired of it, which is kind of a, a, you know, a test of time, too. So, so, so you are still eating, I, that was allegedly, allegedly my last question, but it's not. So, <laughs> so you are still consistently eating granola day to day uh, these days, as you have been for, for, for years, even preceding your, preceding your company. Yes. Very much so. We have never gotten tired of our products. 
no. Oh. Our own products, no. That's no. amazing. Um, I, well, I mean, I mean, look, that, thank, thank you so much for, for sharing your story. I mean, did I miss anything? Is there anything you, you want anyone to know Is there about, about the product? Um, well, we would like for those who may listen and choose to check us out, our website is truenorthgranola.com. And um, if there's any interest in purchasing, we can offer a code uh, called, and the code is SMART PEOPLE, just lowercase, no space, and it will provide a buyer with a 15% off coupon code um, for any products that he or she chooses to purchase. That's fantastic. Thanks for doing that. And I, yeah, um, yeah. I, I will, you know, tell our, tell our, tell all of our listeners that, uh, again, that I, I <laughs> it's great. I'm, be a, I'm using our own code today and this is not like a paid promo. It's just something nice that Ingrid said she would do for our, for our, for our listeners. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, you know, I definitely uh, encourage you if you enjoy some granola, I definitely yeah. encourage you to check it out. So Ingrid, yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for, uh, thanks so much for listening, for, for sharing your story. And, and, uh, and, uh, it was so fortuitous to meet you and, and Franklin, in Vermont, and uh, and I look forward to being one of those. Um, where was that woman from? From from Petal, Mississippi? Is that what it's Petal? Yeah, right. I, I look forward to being one of those people one day where you're like, yeah, I had this guy, and he's been reordering for eighty years. And, and so you got a fan. Yeah, oh, thank you so very much. Thank you for uh, meeting with us up in the farmers market in Manchester, Vermont, and and talking. And your family is just such a lovely family, um, and meeting them and connecting and i really very very much appreciate this oh thank you well we got a mutual mutual appreciation society thanks for thanks for sharing thank you bye-bye How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.